Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Shot in the Dark. I am your host, John Asino Evil here. Let's get right down to it, starting with AW Rampage. This is a homecoming episode uh, as it's taking place in Daly's Place in Florida. Uh, Jim Ross was there on commentary along with Excalibur and Tony Schiavone. And we start with the AW Continental Crown being defended here as Eddie Kingston defeated Willie Utah after hitting a Northern Lights bomb and close to a 20 minute brawl here. Uh, so now he has beaten every member of the Blackpool Combine Club. Definitely check this match out. Renee Paquette is backstage with the Hardy Brothers and Mac. Mark Briscoe and asked if this particular trios will continue. Briscoe said he has a feeling they ain't done yet as Jeff Hardy then starts talking about um, not only did they kick ass in the ring, but in the ratings as well as Rampage beat Collision in the ratings with the viewership demo and all categories. Um, really odd here. I'm not sure why he had to like compare different AEW shows, but sure, why not? Uh, I know he's been doing some stuff on social media just talking about how they're like the Hardys are relegated to um, Rampage now, which seems to be the case because even Jeff Hardy has a match this week against uh, Darby on Rampage. Anyway, after this, Matt Hardy says that they can see some trios gold for the future, and they put the Hardy boys chain on Briscoe. Next match was Swerve Strickland defeated Matt Seidel at the head of the JML driver. Good showing here from Swerve as the Daily's, pos- Daily's Place crowd it was fully behind him. We go to Renee, who's with Top Flay and actually Andretti, but they quickly get interrupted by Private Party, who challenge any two of them anytime, which they agreed to, but not before uh, Aqua Andretti went ahead and chugged his bottle of water in a second. Uh, I thought that was a typo, but it looks like I actually wrote down Aqua Andretti instead of Action, as all he does now is just chug uh, bottles of water. Hiko Rishida defeated Queen Aminata after hitting a Falcon Arrow and a Katana, but Aminata definitely hung in there much longer than their last encounter that only went about a minute. This one was closer to about 10 minutes as Aminata continues to get spotlit, 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 is that a word? Spotlit here on, uh, AW programming. Renee is with Soraya and Ruby Soho as Soraya shows footage of Angela Parker and Harley Cameron talking in the back. There's no audio here, and then we just get a freeze frame of them kissing. Um, but it looks like Harley might have pulled Parker in for it. Angelo walks in with a birthday cake since it's Ruby's birthday, but she smashes it in his face and tells him to go to hell. Soraya tells Angelo that she always wins, and even Renee curses out Angelo. Uh, we see the video continue as it now sh- it reveals that Angelo was indeed pushed away, uh, did indeed push away Harley uh, when she tried in for the kiss. Uh, if only Ruby had turned around and saw it, or you know maybe went back and just watched the show on her DVR, she would know the truth, but it looks like, unfortunately, uh, poor Angelo here is uh, being set up here. Speaking of Angelo, he has the match here in the main event as the Dark Order's Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, and John Silver coming out with negative one, defeated Jake Hager, Daddy Magic, and Cool Hand Angelo Parker. Uh, he still had all the cake all over his face, so pretty funny visual here. Um, I'm hoping the crowd saw the video. If not, they must have been confused on why this guy's walking out in the ring with a face full of cake. Uh, fun match here for the crowd uh, with negative one on the outside, stealing Jake Hager's hat, distracting everyone as the distraction had Reynolds and Silver hit the German uh, German suplex jackknife pen as Reynolds gets the pen and the win on Hager here. TNA Impact, this is a Hard to Kill preview show, so another highlight show, um, as it was the go-home show before Hard to Kill. So just a lot of matches and moments previewing the card, including the Knockouts Ultimate X match from Hard to Kill 2022 with Tasha Steeles, Alicia Edwards, Chelsea Green, Jordan Grace, Lee Frost, and Rosemary. They showed highlights of ABC retaining the tag titles against Brian Myers and Eddie Edwards at Final Resolution, followed by Mike Bailey and Trent Seven, known as Speedball Mountain, defeating the Rascals to get a title shot, which unfortunately Trent Seven did have to miss. Uh, we get a video here from the Grizzle Young Veterans hyping up the TNA debut 
of hard to kill. And then during this, we see a guy bumping into James Drake. So we just see him kind of like beating him up in the background as uh, Zach Gibson continued a promo. Pretty funny here. We also saw Crazy Steve versus Tommy Dreamer from the November episode of Impact. Kushida versus Bailey from August. Josh Alexander versus Jonah from Hard to Kill 2022. The Queen of the Mountain match from Slammiversary 2022 with Jordan Grace, Chelsea Green, Deanna Perrazzo, Mia Yim, and Tasha Steeles. And they showed Josh Alexander winning the Impact title from Christian Cage at Bound for Glory, then immediately losing it to Moose, followed by showing Alex Shelley beating Steve Macklin against all odds to win the vacant Impact title at the time. But the show ends with a sit-down interview with Tana Hamilton, sitting down with Alex Shelley and Moose ahead of their TNA World Title match, and this had questions from uh, Battle from iHeartRadio, Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful, Peter Carroll from Ringer MMA Show, Mark Ramondi from ESPN, and Denise Salcedo. Uh, one common question was bringing up how Moose a couple years ago uh, actually brought back the TNA title, and now he could finally win it, while Shelley said he doesn't deserve that honor like he does, as he laid the foundation for TNA and said he's the reason why TNA wrestling is back. If you want to know exactly what happened to Hard to Kill, check out the podcast that me and John Pollock did at Post Wrestling. Ring of Honor on Honor Club starts with Zack Knight, another match here on ROH, defeated John Don't Call Me Serpentical Cruz, making his ROH debut here, kind of, in this gimmick. Um, he even gets the entrance here, and the match was actually pretty competitive, but it ended with Knight catching Cruz off the top rope into a brain buster, followed by a buckle bomb and a running forearm for the pin. Tony Nese, without Mark Sterling on his side, defeated Marcus Cross after hitting a pump handle slam. Kyle Fletcher defended the Ring of Honor Television Championship against Angelico after hitting a deadly looking pile driver. A very good match from these two, and I'm loving Fletcher's bigger and meaner style now. Lexi Nair was backstage and said that she had an interview scheduled with Dalton Castle, but she can't find him. And then we start hearing from Castle, who's laying in one of those like equipment boxes, kind of sleeping in it, and says that he hasn't slept since Final Battle, and he said he went to the board of directors and asked for a match with Johnny TV, and they said yes, but only if Johnny agrees to it. So Lexi suggests that Castle just go ask Johnny himself, but Dalton says to Lexi if she could ask for him. The Righteous defeated the Dawsons, who are twin brothers Zane and Dave Dawson. Easy quick win here as Dutch hits the boss man slam for the win. Then Vincent using the thick 4x4 on Zane Dawson, but the referee prevented them from doing any further damage. Iron Savages defeated the boys in a pretty quick fashion here, hitting their double team splash as Bronson gets the win. Cole Carter defeated Serpentico, uh, uh, who definitely did not already wrestle on this show. Um, you know, Lee Moriarty said earlier in the show as a joke that he gets paid three times in his show since it's a best at two out of three falls match in the main event. But I wonder if Serpentico slash John Cruz does indeed get paid twice for this show since he has two matches or not. Carter came out alone here, but towards the end when Serpentico had the upper hand, Maria and Griff Garrison show up, and um, they pretty much just start distracting uh, the match here. Carter distracts the referee as Garrison pulls on Serpentico's leg, and then Carter takes advantage of this by rolling up Serpentico for the pen, and they kept attacking Serpentico after until Angelico runs out with a chair to save them, as I'm sure a tag team match will come out of this. Lexi Nair was backstage with Johnny TV and Taya Valkyrie, and asked on behalf of Castle for Johnny to face him, and he said hell no, and asked if John Stamos would sit down with a Duck Dynasty guy, or if Jennifer Aniston would do a show with someone from the Bad Girls Club. I have no idea what any of this means. And said, just like Dalton, they are not TV ready. They did say that Taya is ready for TV, and then it just hit them. Taya Valkyrie. Television. They both have the initials TV. And said the TV title is perfect for her. So maybe Johnny and Taya will both be uh, television champions in the future. We have a four-corner survival match as Queen Aminata defeated Lady Frost, Trisha Dora, and Diamante. Surprisingly short match here, going just over three minutes with Aminata hitting a top rope double stomp on Frost for the pin. Josh Woods defeated LeBron Cazone in under a minute with the GYT knee to the face. GYT is grit your teeth. Taya Valkyrie defeated Robin Renegade with her surfboard curb stomp that she has now given a pain and, uh, sorry, she has given it a name and the name of it is a great one. It is Shania Payne. Love that meme. 
Billy Starks and Lexi Nair are backstage and are both excited because Athena isn't here this week and she's over in Houston training. They start talking about all the things they can do now since she's not here, but Billy says she's not old enough to go clubbing and pop bottles and brings up how she wants to ring of honor women's television title. It's her title, and if anybody has a problem with it, she has a black force with their name on it as her and Lexi then go out to party. Layla Hirsch and Rachel Ellering defeated Brittany Jade and Emily Hale in another quick women's match, with Ellering hitting the Boss Woman Slam on Jade for the pin. Uh, very short matches for the women tonight, with all three matches getting a combined seven minutes. Funny note here um, that I always pick up on women's names here for AEW Enhancement Talent, but Brittany Jade used to be shortened to just Brittany, or Brittany with the letter J in the past, because I guess of Jade Cargill. But now that she's gone, it's Brittany Jade again. But Emily Hale, who goes by Emily J, J-A-Y in the indies, is now Emily Hale. Is this because of Anna J? I don't know, man. But just a friendly reminder that all that, some of that stupid shit that we used to get uh, WWE for doing, your favorite company, AEW, has been doing it this entire time. Abaddon comes out after the match and stares down both Ellering and Hirsch as commentary brings up that this is due to everybody wanting the Ring of Honor Women's Television Championship, which we still have not found out any more information about. We have another four corners to have a match here as Blake Christian defeated Jake, uh, Jack Carwheel, Slim J, and Gravity. This is a real fast and fun moving match here. The crowd was really behind Carwheel and everything that he did, but Christian was able to trap Slim J in the Texas Cloverleaf to make him tap out. We go to the aforementioned Athena at the MPX Wrestling School as they uh, are training behind her. We have some students here. Athena talks about not being around and how she deserves a little bit of vacation as she's been putting on banger after banger in her matches. And then Nala Rose appears behind Athena and says, Surprise, bitch, before attacking Athena and all the students in the ring. Athena tries to fight back but gets taken out with a powerbomb. Rose kept attacking the students and eventually set up a wooden door between the ring and the barricade and chokeslam Athena right through it, setting up, setting up her next title challenger as it seems. Christopher Daniels defeated Lee Johnson after hitting the Angels Wings in a pretty competitive match. And in the main event in a best 2 out of 3 falls match, Shane Taylor Promotions defeated the Infantry. Shane Taylor gets the first pin on Carly Bravo after knocking him out with a right punch. Sean Dean gets the second fall after hitting Lee Moretti with a frog splash. Moretti then gets the third and final fall after hitting Dean with a jumping DDT for the last fall. We go to Women of Wrestling Superheroes, the first match in the trios tournament to determine the new champions. The new team spirit of Ariel Sky, Coach Campanelli, and the debuting Pep Riley defeated the newly formed IQ Superior, which is G.I. Jane, the Classmaster, and the returning disciplinarian. Accompanied by Samantha Smart, finish came when Classmaster took out Jane by accident as Coach rolled up Classmaster for the surprise pin to advance. Gloria Glitter defeated Tiki Chamorro after hitting the aerobic annihilator. The debuting Little J Boogie defeated Chantilly Cella. Now Boogie comes out with a big boombox, has like a hip-hop dance type gimmick she looked fine in the first match here showing a lot of athleticism and personality and after a little bit of back and forth with pin attempts at the end boogie hung on for the win in her debut match and in the main event a rematch from a couple weeks ago amber o'neill and jesse jones defeated the all-american girls americana and santana garrett after o'neill hit americana with a super kick for the pin as santana was taken out off the apron NWA Power, this is a retrospective episode. Uh, we're going to get a couple of these, like, kind of looking back at NWA Power for the next couple of weeks before they debut with new episodes on the CW app on February 6th. So we have here a LA Knight, I'm sorry, yeah, Eli Drake promo. Uh, pretty funny promo here. He has a bottle of bubbly. He might have been drinking it, who knows, as he calls his uh, jacket a pair of shoes. It's a pretty funny promo here if you haven't seen it. Um, Eli Drake, LA Knight, definitely has some good work at NWA that I'm sure got people watching as he made his way to WWE. And we have some matches here with uh, La Rebellion versus the Briscoe Brothers. This is for the NWA World Tag Team Championships uh, from two years ago, as well as when Matt Cardona defeated Trevor Murdoch for the World Heavyweight Championship. On NXT Level Up, this is episode 100, as Joe Coffey defeated Tavion Heights after hitting all the best for the Bells, Davey Portman's favorite finisher move. Uh, but Heights definitely hung in this match. They showed a little video package of everyone who graduated from Level Up to NXT and even showed the ones who made it to the main roster. So a nice little look back here as who graduated from NXT Level Up. 
Jada Parker defeated Amari Miller after hitting a back suplex clothesline combo. The story here in this match was that Jada took credit for Amari having to wear that knee brace, saying that it was because of her that she got injured. And this is also Jada's first win since joining WWE. And the main event of episode 100, Joe Gacy defeated Javier Bernal. Gacy pretty much having the same look that he had in the indies here. And then Vic Joseph uh, had replaced Byron Saxon on commentary for this episode. And this made Gacy very happy to see him there. I'm sure he was happy when he sat down ringside for commentary. This is actually Gacy's first time on Level Up in almost a year, and he gets his uh, win after hitting a springboard lariat. And on WWE Main Event, Big Bronson Reed defeated Big Body Javi, Javier Bernal in the Battle of the Bigs. Bronson gets the win here after hitting the Tsunami, and in the Main Event, Duke Hudson defeated Miles Bourne after hitting his version of the Scorpion Death Drop. And that is it for me this week. You guys can catch me, like I said, on the Hard to Kill Review with John Pollock on PulseWrestling.com, as well as a new episode of Up Yours on the Poison Rana uh, Patreon feed with Brayden Harrington, Davey Portman, and the one and only great W.H. Park, talking about the 1986 Marvel cinematic masterpiece that is Howard the Duck. That is it for me this week. You guys can catch me here next week for another episode of Shot in the Dark. <laughs>